Imagine More is a weekly podcast that explores the stories, passions, successes, and failures of young, unconventional entrepreneurs. Chantel works to uncover the person behind the passion and unpack the ingredients of their entrepreneurial minds. What is it that makes them imagine more? Hey there, and welcome back to the Imagine More podcast. Today, we're here with Wes Jones, the CEO and co-founder of Honeysuckle Gelato, a manufacturer and wholesaler of gelato and sorbet. And believe me, it is delicious. They supply caterers, restaurants, specialty food stores, big box retailers, and you may even find them on select Delta flights. Let's dive in, and I can't wait to learn more about Wes's journey to become an entrepreneur. Hi, Wes. Welcome to the Imagine More podcast. Hey, Chantel. Thanks for having me. Of course. We're excited to learn more about honeysuckle gelato, and I'm sure you'll leave us all very hungry. (laughs) (laughs) I hope so. Yeah. That's what I want. Well, uh, let's kick things off, and I would love if you could tell the listeners a little bit more about honeysuckle gelato, and, um, and then we can dive into how you got started. Sure. Yeah, I mean, just briefly about our business. Um, you know, kind of a high-level look is we are a gelato uh, manufacturer and supplier here in Atlanta, Georgia. So we sell to restaurants and stores. Um, our restaurant business is mainly here in the Atlanta area. We sell to stores uh, in a few different states throughout the southeast, and we operate right now one retail location over at Pont City Market, uh, and we hope to open more retail uh, in the next few years. That's exciting. I can't wait to hear about possible locations. but. Yeah. Let's dive even a little deeper. Um, and you, as as a kid, if you just always loved gelato, um, is this your first entrepreneurial business? Sure. I mean, I think every kid loves, loves <laughs> ice cream. As a child, I had no idea what uh, gelato was. Um, and, you know, the opportunity to start an ice cream business or a gelato business really revolves around the experience that one of my business partners had in New York. Uh, he moved up there, uh, at this point, probably nine years ago. Um, he didn't really tell us why he was moving there, but we all knew it was to chase down this high school sweetheart. Mm. And I'm happy to say that they are married with their third child on the way. So, (laughs) so that, that gamble paid off for him big time. Um, but when he moved up there, he found a job making gelato and just loved it. Um, he's always been a really hands-on guy, really creative guy. Uh, so this allowed him to to do something that he thought would probably be pretty short term, um, but use his hands and have fun and you know make a little money while he was looking for something a little more long term. And then uh, he just fell in love with it. And I visited a few times while he was living there, and and you know loved what he was making. And every time he came home, he bought a tabletop gelato machine and would make stuff in his parents' kitchen. So we ended up spending a lot of time just kind of sitting around his house eating gelato. And picked up another friend along the way before we started the business to, you know, make the make for the the three business partners, and uh, we just saw an opportunity in Atlanta to do something that, at least for Atlanta, was different and fun, and, and you know, just a product that we hoped people would love. So <clears throat> while I loved ice cream as a kid, I certainly never envisioned getting into to this business, uh, and this is my first. Uh, entrepreneurial venture. So, you know, really everything was brand new to me when, when we started and it's still, you know, 
there's practically not a day that goes by where I don't experience something different or, or have to, to figure something out that we haven't been exposed to before. So that's mostly fun. Can be, <laughs> can be a little daunting at times when, when you run across stuff where you don't have the answer, but uh, keeps us on our toes. And, and we've been having fun doing this for almost seven years now, which is really pretty crazy to think about. Wow. That is amazing. I think there's some crazy stat and I'll be making it up if I try to ramble it, but most businesses don't get over that, you know, one to three month through one to three year mark. So that's huge testament. Yeah. And we almost didn't either. Um, but, but we did and we, we were so happy that we did cause I've got, you know, I've got two great business partners that were friends before, which can be risky to mm-hmm. start, start a business with friends, but it's really, really paid off and makes it that much more rewarding to be able to share this with people that I really care about. Absolutely. So did you graduate and, and that's when you just started this or did you have something before or in the corporate no. space? Yeah, I had a couple of different jobs before this. Uh, right after undergrad, I moved to New Orleans and did Teach for America there. Mm. Um, so did the Teach for America program after that. Uh, moved back to Atlanta, uh, worked at a school doing development work, but um, ended up going starting business school uh, a short time after that. And when I started business school, I did the night, the night program at Georgia state, uh, and had a corporate job in commercial real estate, uh, at that point. So I kind of transitioned from, it's been a weird transition schools <laughs> to commercial real estate and business school and, and stayed in commercial real estate for a few years and, uh, ended up, uh, quitting that job to start honeysuckle gelato. Okay. And as, as the CEO, I mean, do a lot of the things that you were doing in previous jobs apply to your role now? Um, I guess, and how have you, you and the two other business partners divvied up the responsibilities? Sure. I, I mean, there's some overlap, especially at this point as we're looking for more retail sites. I didn't do a ton of retail work uh, mm-hmm. when I was in commercial real estate, but certainly uh, have some good experience to fall back on when it comes to looking at contracts and you know evaluating sites and everything like that. Um, but I think I was kind of given, you know, designated with the role of CEO because of the three of us, I was the one with business experience. I had an MBA, um, Jackson, uh, who was my friend from growing up, whose experience in New York, I talked about a minute ago. Uh, his natural role was to oversee production because he was the only one of the three of us that had any idea how to make the product. <laughs> we were in big trouble if, if, uh, they put that on my plate. Uh, and then uh, Katera has been great on the sales and marketing and social media side. So we kind of uh, still wear a lot of hats. I mean, there are things that we all do that that probably that we would would like to get off of our plates, but that we still do because we're a small business. Um, but we have designated roles that that do play to our strengths. Okay, and and I know that you have the one retail store um, or location. It, is that where any other teammates or employees work or is there kind of a remote team that helps with that production side and, um, and how big is the team? Sure. So we have five full-time people doing production in the kitchen. Um, and then me and my two business partners. So, uh, any given day at our production space and office, there are, uh, at least eight of us. We have a part-time, uh, kitchen uh, production employee too, and then at the retail shop we have a full time manager, 
that really oversees uh, just about everything that that's happening over at Pont City Market. Uh, you know, we like to stay up to date with things, and we go over there and pop our heads in a lot just because it's a great environment to be in. Um, but she oversees a staff of about 15 or so part-time employees. Uh, and we've got a great group of kids, mainly college students that, you know, that are looking for some cash to help pay the bills while they're in school. But, but we love everybody on that team. And, uh, the team grows a little bit in the summertime, we get a couple more people just to help with, uh, added volume, but, uh, it's pretty steady with, with, uh, 15 or so folks over there. Okay. Can you tell us a little bit about the possible new locations or, or where you're hoping to break into the market? Sure. I mean, I can generally speak to that right now. Some of the specifics, um, I'd rather yeah. kind of keep a secret until we, we <laughs> finalize some things. But we do want to expand our brand to be much more visible outside of just the Atlanta area. So we are looking at uh, a few different neighborhoods in Atlanta for uh, the possibility of adding a second retail shop. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know when that will be. We don't have anything uh, concrete. We're having some loose discussions at this point. But we are talking to landlords in Nashville, um, landlords in Charlotte, uh, in the Raleigh-Durham, Chapel Hill, Research Triangle area. Uh, we're actually going to Savannah tomorrow to look at uh, some sites. So so the next – my plan is for the next round of stores to be um, potentially you know one or two in the metro area, maybe not necessarily inside the city limits uh, for one of them, and then to open uh, one or two in Nashville, one in Charlotte, and then one or two in Savannah, and then kind of expand beyond that three-and-a-half-hour arc to places like the – uh, Raleigh Durham Chapel Hill area, um, and you know we're even are loosely keeping an eye on on Charleston, even though that's a that's a, t- a tough market to get into. It is super expensive, but would I think be great for us long term? Absolutely, that's I mean such exciting cities. Is this in the one year plan and the three year plan? How quickly um, do you think? Three years, uh, three years. We'd like to. Our goal is to have eight stores open at the by the end of twenty twenty. Um, so we, we'd like to open one or two this year, one or two next year, and then, uh, you know, three or four, uh, in 2020. Well, that's very exciting. I mean, do you anticipate having to bring on kind of a, um, more management team, I suppose, to help kind of launch those locations or are the three of you really going to take ownership on kicking those off? Sure. I think to start, I think we can handle the first couple on our own, but mm-hmm. we're, we're definitely, I mean, we're going to need help at some point. Like I said, we're still doing jobs uh, and tasks that, that we'd like to get off of our plate. So the more we add to our plate, the harder, <laughs> you know, really getting everything done is going to be. Um, so long term, we certainly, you know, see the need for some sort of regional retail manager um, to help kind of coordinate, you know, that, that's a lot of logistical issues that are going to pop up because we will continue to do all of our production here in Atlanta. So, you know, there are going to be a lot of uh, problems to solve, good problems to solve as we open more stores that, that we will start uh, kind of looking for for great team members in the next 18 months or so to help us really facilitate that. Yeah, and certainly as a business owner, I continue to find that um, there's just so many hats and right. you find yourself in, in like, oh, this is not my strength at all, but I've got to do it and figure it out and right. um, lend a hand here. I just recently got connected with a great company called Belay. Have you heard of Belay? Uh, I have not. I'm not they, not they offer virtual assistants, and, and um, 
they have a lot of great differentiators, but just the list of things that they could do, you wouldn't even, I mean, I, I never even thought that that could help solve a problem and of not having a full-time teammate, but just to help kind of offload some of those things that, you know, we, we still have to do. Um, but speaking of things that you're excited to get off your plate, is there anything really top of mind that you just can't wait? Oh man, (laughs) there's, I mean, there are a number of different uh, paperwork related tasks mm-hmm. that, that I would love to, to get rid of. Um, I mean, honestly, still stuff that's as simple as just delivering stuff over to Pond City Market from time to time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I feel like I'm taking stuff over there every week still, which is, which is great. It gives me an opportunity to be over there, but you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's, it's not something that, uh, I particularly want to be doing loading up my car with coolers and dry ice and getting stuff over there when there's an emergency. So, um, that would be one thing that I think would save a lot of time. And then just, I mean, there are just so many different paperwork issues Mm -hmm. that, you know, if we had more money and, and, and more team members, I would have offloaded already. But, uh, we're a small business, so yeah. we don't. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I can't even imagine on kind of in the food and beverage and the permitting, but just from uh, just the annual registrations and the renewals, like navigating those websites are horrible. I, yeah. Yeah, it's not fun. <laughs> it's not fun. We do have some help. We've, we've hired some people to help us with some of that. Our accountants are great um, and bookkeepers are great with, with some of that uh, end of the year, beginning of the year stuff that, uh, we were doing for a while and just really didn't have the bandwidth for, um, so some of that is offloaded, but not, not nearly all of it. Well, that's good to know. I didn't know. Maybe, maybe I need to pick our accountant's yeah. brain to see if they can help with that. Cause that is just a thorn in my side. But, yeah. <laughs> um, is there a, maybe like, a a, th- a challenge that comes to mind that you aren't learned pretty early on, um, when starting the business that, you think of and you're, you know, excited that you learned it so then you could continue to innovate, but a challenge that stands out to you? Sure. I mean, I think for me, um, for so long, you know, you can work an 18 hour day every day if you own a business, Mm -hmm. you you know, you, you can, there's always work to be done and there's always something popping up and there's always, you know, planning to, to try and make things better. And I think the lesson that I mean, it, this, it took me a long time to learn it, but I, I would just, you know, I would get up early, go to work and then just stay at work until it was super late. Mm-hmm. And I was unhappy, you know, I, I wasn't particularly productive. So I think the biggest lesson I, I look back on that I wish I had really learned a little earlier was trying to set boundaries. Um, one, I'm much better with deadlines anyway. So I know if I have to leave at six o'clock, mm. Uh, you know, that I'll be more productive in those last few hours just so I can get everything done. Um, but just setting those boundaries allowed me to, you know, be happier in my, in my personal life and, and be more productive as far as the business goes. And as soon as I kind of set that and, and made it a priority, we started doing better as a business. Um, and it seemed, seems so simple looking back, but it, it really is so easy as a business owner to get continually bogged down in the day-to-day stuff because there's always something to be done. Um, and you, you want to treat every task as if it's the most important thing that you're going to do. But at a certain point you do have to either say, 
you know what, we're just going to have to stop doing, you know, this side of our business, or I'm just going to have to, you know, completely let this go, uh, and hope that we still survive. And, and, and there were things that I did that, <clears throat> you know, maybe short term, we took a little bit of a ding from, but long term have, have really paid dividends. So that would, oh, I, I hope that answered your question. I mean, I think really just setting boundaries was, was really hard for me to understand and implement mm-hmm. at first. Do you find that a lot of you just have to start to say no to things or? I think you have to pick and shoot. Yeah, you do have to say no to things, but I, I think you still have to be very aware of, of the things you can't say no to. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's still, uh, you know, there's still a number of things that, that if somebody reaches out to me about it, I'm going to say yes. Um, even if I don't necessarily have the time for it right there, there, there are still things that, uh, especially when it comes to networking and meeting new people and meeting other business owners, like any opportunity for me to do that, I say yes. Even if it's a business that's unrelated to what I do, I think there's so many different lessons I can learn there. But, you know, when you, when you do that, it is understanding, you know, where to say no or where to, I mean, we make a, a product and offer a couple different services, you know, so, being able to, at this point, have a few years under our belt where we've done a number of different things, we can kind of look at something and say, this isn't working for us yet. We're spending so much time on it. You know, so we have two questions to answer at that point. Can we make this worthwhile? If so, how do we do it? And, and you know, the other question is, is should we put that effort in? And if we don't think we should, if we don't, if we don't see the long-term benefit of, you know, offering a certain type of product or a certain type of um, you know, catering service or anything like that, then, you know, then we do, we've made the decision to kind of shut a couple things down because the numbers just don't add up as much fun as it might've been, or, you know, as much as we, we try to, to please everyone, you just, you do get to the point where you realize I, I can't please everyone. We need to stick, you know, to doing what we're best at mm-hmm. and make, you know, make, the people that get that product and service as happy as we possibly can and provide the best product and service we possibly can and not spread ourselves so thin that, you know, we're giving 70% of our attention to, to something that needs a hundred percent. Well, and then on the personal side, if you don't have kind of a hard stop that day or a commitment that you have to be at, are you just really intentional about saying I'm going to leave at six o'clock? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I have been, unless there's something absolutely necessary, you know, like a, an after work event that we've agreed to do, uh, mm-hmm. which we don't do as, as many as we used to. Um, but yeah, I get home. I mean, it's important for me to be home and, and you know, be with my wife. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, you know, that's an important part of my life. If I, why else would I, you know, work so hard if I mm-hmm. don't get to, you know, share that with, with the people I care the most about. So it's, it's important. Well, I'm glad that you shared that piece because I do think it's very easy. Um, if you're not thinking about that balance to get sucked into the weeds of all of the things that you can be doing because right, I learned the hard way. I mean, I really did learn the hard way. I mean, I, I just kind of woke up one day and was like, Oh my God, I haven't done anything fun outside of work <laughs> in like a year. What am I doing? Um, you know, so it, it, I wish, like I said, I wish I'd set those boundaries earlier because everything has been so much better for me personally since then mm-hmm. and, and professionally, which is great. Well, and sharing, I imagine, the load and kind of the pain points and challenges with the other business partners certainly helps. Do you have also 
a network outside of that of other business owners that you draw inspiration from or talk to, you know, during challenging times? Absolutely. There's a, there's a group I meet with every, every six to eight weeks. Um, we're all, you know, small food business owners here in Atlanta and, uh, you know, it's kind of an unofficial advisory board. They, they know, you know, just as much about my business as some of my closest friends and family do, because I actually probably more, uh, because I tell them everything that's going on and ask for their advice. And it's important for me to get that perspective that's outside of, you know, someone that's in the day to day with me to say, you know, Wes, you're wasting your time on this. Or, you know, I think, I think you could, you know, do a better job here. Um, so that's, that's been an important group for me and it's a great group of, of business owners here in Atlanta. So that's, you know, I don't know where I'd be without some of those folks. How did, we do a lot of work with them. So that's great. I, I think it's, I'm continuing to, it's so important to surround yourself by other entrepreneurs right. or just, you know, motivated people because it does get tough and there are bad days and it's nice right. to have people to, you know, experience share that, Oh, I, I struggled with that too. And this is how I dealt with it. Right. I think it, if you don't own your own business, um, some of the, some of the issues are, are almost impossible to understand. Mm -hmm. Um, so to have, we called it, I mean, we kind of just called it a support group at first, (laughs) um, because you know, you need that support, Mm -hmm. but it, it, it has turned into a really valuable advisory group for all of us. I, I think, I mean, I know it has for me. Absolutely. I, I do imagine, is there any advice that has come from that group or, or the people in that group that you've kind of held on to? Um, I mean, there's some project specific stuff. Um, even right now I'm, I'm working on, uh, a pretty big, hopefully what could be a, a pretty big deal for our business, um, that I can't really talk about, but you know, I go to them for advice on this and I've gotten a lot of really great feedback on ways to approach it, uh, you know, questions to ask. Um, so that's one thing right now that kind of, uh, pops into my head. Um, and then outside of that, we've had, I mean, every once in a while we'll even get, you know, an accountant come and speak with us, a financial Mm -hmm. advisor to come to speak with us, you know, people that, um, and, and, you know, salespeople to come and speak with us and talk about, you know, different strategies. So every once in a while we'll have a very specific thing that we go over, um, that, you know, I've been able to create some great tools from that help us as far as sales go, as far as, uh, projections are concerned. Um, and then there's just, you know, kind of the general, uh, general business stuff that, uh, that other people can hold you accountable for. Mm -hmm. Um, because if you're your own boss, you know, you don't have any real deadlines. It's just a matter of when you get work done. But if, if other people know about big things you're working on and you know, they're going to ask you about it, you want to make sure that you're, you know, that you're putting your best effort forward. So you have good reports to tell them. And it's not just the same thing every time, even though it, it means literally nothing to them other than wanting them wanting to see, you know, a a friend succeed. It it is nice to kind of have people hold you accountable. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. In your, in your industry, in your business, do you feel that you continuously have to innovate, whether that's flavors or, um, I know you guys recently just did a rebrand. Have you, have you felt like you have to continue to kind of change things to stay up to date? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, there, we want to, we want to make sure we're always, 
you know, in the forefront of what we're doing, but that we're not changing so much that people can't find some sort of identity within what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so we, like you said, we just updated our logo. We've got, you know, new packaging rolling out this year. We've got a new product rolling out this year. Um, I think it's something that we have not done a great job of in the past. Um, I've been probably a little too risk averse over the first few years. Um, but now, you know, I think we see the importance of really pushing, uh, innovation within, you know, as we look at new retail stores, like how can we make the retail experience different as we roll out with new products? You know, how can we make, you know, the product visually different? Um, you know, the flavor line lineup, uh, kind of be different from what all is out there, but still be, you know, have that mass appeal where people aren't going to look at it and say, that just sounds a little too weird for me. So I think there's a fine line when it comes to, uh, certain things in the food industry where you, where you do want to innovate, but, you know, where you have to understand that innovation doesn't necessarily mean coming up with the craziest thing mm -hmm. you can think of. Uh, the store allows us to do that, allows us to test out flavors that we would probably never put in pints. So that, that's a lot of fun. I think the, the biggest place where we can innovate right now is with restaurants. As we sell to restaurants, you know, one of, one of the biggest tools we have is the ability to customize flavors and, and be able to turn that around really quickly. Um, so that allows us to, you know, test some fun, thing, fun things out, you know, try some things that we, we never would have tried, um, and see if they work. And if they do work, it might be something that we, in some form or fashion, put in our retail store. And then that might be something that we end up putting in, in pints. I mean, uh, we have a brown butter flavor that we, mm. we probably wouldn't have really done before, but a chef asked that we make, you know, a a brown butter flavor with fig a few years ago. And we were like, okay, that sounds interesting. And then we made it and we loved it. And we kept kind of adding our twist to it. Then it was something we finally ended up adding to our retail store. And now it's going to be something, uh, a variation of that, that we roll out with in pints this year. So we're always looking for something new. Um, but always have to be mindful that, that it, it needs to still be, you know, a, a appealing and, and a viable product for us. Well, I can't wait to try that flavor. That's exciting. Um, what is your favorite flavor? Oh, it's, it, <laughs> that's a tough question. It changes a lot. I feel like it changes with the seasons, to be honest with you. Um, if whenever I get something from our shop, I always get a scoop of uh, brown butter with a scoop of Nutella. And those, I mean, I think those two together are just, the, that's the combination I keep going back to. So those two um, are, I think our best, but for trademark purposes, we can't do Nutella and pints. So it will continue to just be a chocolate hazelnut Nutella flavor at our store. <laughs> I realized after asking you that it's, it's like when we get asked the question, what's your favorite client or it's like you're <laughs> right. picking favorites of your kids. Um, <laughs> but so sorry to put you on the spot in that way. No, no, it's good. <laughs> I mean, you know, play, the one thing great about, you know, having made so many flavors is, is I don't feel bad when I change my favorite because, you know, that just means we've come up with something new and better than what we've had before. And I love what we've already made. So, mm -hmm. um, it's well, a bit fluid. Well, speaking kind of on the kid talk, I know you have some exciting news Yeah. with twins, yes. right? We, we are on baby watch. <laughs> Congratulations. So, yeah. Twins, twins on the way. We, 
we're hoping to make it to March 23rd, but, um, you know, really, I hate to say it, but, you know, it could happen any, any, any time now, hopefully March, March would be nice. If we can get through February, I'd be very happy. <laughs> well, that um, but is... we're excited. I mean, that's, yeah, that, it, it's going to be, it's going to be a whole new world and I'll probably have to reset my boundaries once the twins come too, because, uh, it's gonna, it's gonna take a lot of work. Yeah. I was going to ask if, are you going to take some time off and, uh, you know, being a business owner with that flexibility kind of in theory, um, do you anticipate kind of restructuring those benefits and options for your team as well? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I do plan on taking some time off, um, as, as much as I can, which, mm -hmm. you know, probably means I'll have to pop into the office, uh, you know, shortly after the babies are born. Um, you know, we want to be able to, and, and as it relates to our employees, you know, we want to be able to offer the best packages we can that, that makes sense for us. Mm -hmm. Um, we don't really have a days off policy. Uh, you know, it's, it's really a matter of us coming up with individualized plans for everyone. We haven't had anyone else in the company other than my business partners have, have kids. None of, none of our employees have had kids while they've been with us. Um, you know, so to be, to be perfectly frank, we don't have a set, you know, maternity or paternity leave in place for anyone, but we would, you know, we would work with them to make sure they get at least 12 weeks, uh, if not longer, depending on what their needs are. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so it, it would be a case by case basis. And like I said, we don't, we don't have a, a days off policy necessarily. It, you know, we understand, we'll know when people are taking advantage of it and we trust our employees to make the decisions that are best for them, uh, and their families. And we know people need time off every once in a mm -hmm. while. So we don't want to say you're limited to 10 days or 12 days or 15 days. You know, if, if you have life events, um, which have happened, um, with some of our employees in the past that you take the time that you need and, and you know that, that we're here for you when, when you come, when you're ready to come back. I love that. We, we also currently don't have kind of paid time off or a vacation policy, but we do have right. our first teammate uh, that's expecting and it's exciting and a little scary to figure out, okay, what, what do we need to do as a company to prepare for that? And what are we offering? So I appreciate you just sharing right. Um, anything. Yeah. yeah. If you come up with good stuff, let me know. <laughs> you know. Like I said, this, this is some of the stuff that as a business owner, you know, you, you might not think about things until they happen. Mm -hmm. Even if they're, they're big life changing, obvious things, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to come up with a maternity plan when you start a business because you're worried about turning your first profit and mm -hmm. making a sale and keeping your customers and clients happy. Um, you know, so there's so that's a perfect example of so many of these big things that can happen when you're a business owner. You're like, oh, it was so easy in my life. Yeah, <laughs> an HR department that could just tell us what to do. Exactly. Oh. Well, um, Wes, I've got just two more questions for you, and the first being, was honeysuckle your favorite flavor at the beginning? Is that what spurred the name? Would love to hear oh. that story. Yeah. So we, um, you know, one of our angles when we started the business, our, our tagline is Southern inspired gelato. You know, so we were worried that starting a gelato business in the South, that people would not know what gelato is. They would be afraid of the word gelato and, you know, think, have, have all these misconceptions of, of what they were getting. So we wanted to create flavors that people in the South understood and wouldn't be afraid mm -hmm. of. You know, you might not know what gelato is, but you know, if you hear 
um, you know, bourbon pecan or, you know, watermelon sorbet or anything like that, you're like, oh, well, I like those ingredients. So let me at least give this a try. So we were trying to find, you know, the right name that kind of fit this feeling of being Southern, natural, sweet, a bit nostalgic. And, and it, it took us a long time. But um, one day Jackson just called me and, you know, I picked up and said, hey, and he just said the word honeysuckle. And before I could say anything, he'd hung up the phone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, and it's ever since then, it just kind of stuck. And and I'm glad he hung up because I'm, I'm always, he probably hung up because I'm always the one playing devil's advocate within the business. If we come up with ideas, I always try and poke holes in it. So I think maybe part of that was a defense mechanism on his part to say, <laughs> I'm not even going to give him a chance to poke a hole in this. Like, I, I know this is right. I know this is going to define us. And, and, you know, once he hung up, I just kind of sat there and was like, all right, I guess that's, I guess that's who we are. <laughs> and, it, and it stuck. And, it, and it, it's perfect. He's Jackson is certainly our, our, um, he's a creative force behind, uh, what we do here when it comes to, to flavors and, and a lot of different things. Um, you know, so we, uh, I trust his judgment a lot when it comes to being creative, you know, every once in a while I have to have to rein him in on certain things, but you know, I think he nailed it on that one. And, and I like the story behind it too. Mm-hmm. I like, how, I like how confident he was. In, yeah. <laughs> so if you ever get a call again and he hangs up, you know, it's serious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, know, I know I have to. I know I have to put some real thought into it before I, before I get to the um, And last question for you, Wes: How can people get in touch with you and learn more about your journey or try your gelato? Sure. Um, easiest would be go to our website or follow us on Instagram. The website is honeysucklegelato.com, and that's H O N E Y S U C K L E. G E L A T O dot com. And our Instagram handle is honeysuckle gelato as well. So, um, you, there's a contact us link on the site, like any business owner, small business owner, the email will go to me, even <laughs> though it doesn't have my name on it. So you can use that, use that email address and I will see it. Um, and then, you know, the big thing we always ask people to do is just come, come by the shop at Pond City Market and say, Hey, and uh, even if you don't want to buy anything that day, just ask to sample a few flavors. Just give us give us a try, sample a few things, and um, hopefully you'll like it enough to buy something on site or come back later or, you know, hopefully tell your friends and family about it. So website, Instagram, and Pond City Market are the easiest ways to, to stay up to date with what's going on in our business. Great. Well, thank you so much, Wes, for carving out the time and spending 30 minutes with us. Thanks for having me.